Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. But welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your two hosts. With me, as always, my good buddy, who is itching to get into a movie theater despite being infected by everything under the sun or not infected shall i say mysterious mike talent hey everybody uh yeah man i'm i'm ready i'm ready to go to the movie theater um i figure i'm gonna go in the morning like always and still no one will be there and i can watch my movie fair enough uh mike have you gotten out of the house much or are you still sending your wife to get everything for you and you have not seen daylight in weeks uh, no, I do see daylight uh, quite a bit. I uh, walk uh, the four-legged friend twice a day. So, um, Well, that's just I, rude I, to you do to your new child because he can't even walk on two legs or any legs yet, and you drag him along on all fours? That's horrible, Mike. How dare you? <laughs> no, no, no. I have a, uh, a uh, another member of the family, and uh, he's known as Dutch. And uh, he's a, a a dog, so I walk him twice a day, every day. And for a long time during this pandemic, that was the funnest part of the day. So so Dutch, as in get to the chopper. <laughs> yes, yes, he was he was named after the uh, Predator movie, which is uh, it's just called the predator no i think it was I get just confused, predator dude no, no i get confused because the new one that just came out isn't it called the predator or oh gosh it's so confusing yeah predator. it's okay you don't need to watch the new one it was hot garbage well some of the predator like visuals were cool dude, but yeah, yeah no it was terrible yeah the special effects were pretty sweet and like the predator dogs were pretty cool but overall the movie was was really 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 horrible Yes, it was. So, Mike, speaking about animals, for episode 175, we are definitely going to suggest no one flock to go watch Artemis Fowl. Oh, man. That... You nailed it, dude. That was pretty terrible, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, uh, yeah, that, that, that that was good, man. That was good. I liked it. All right, Mike, do your thing, man. Give us the rundown for Disney Plus's straight to streaming, which, yeah, they're lucky coronavirus hit because this would have really bombed at the theaters. Give us the rundown for Artemis Fowl. All right. So Artemis Fowl was uh, directed by Kenneth uh, Branagh. Writers were Colin McPherson, uh, Ian Colfer, and Hamish McCall. Uh, this is starring uh, Ferdia Shaw, Laura McDonald, Josh Gad, and Tamira Smart. And Artemis Fowl is a young uh, criminal prodigy, hunts down a secret society of fairies to find his missing father. Okay, Mike, since we have somewhat of a structure of a non-structure, um, let's try not to spoil this one because this is a brand new release. Came out on uh, June 12th. That was uh, for us recording this week. That was last Friday. Mike, first impressions. Um, 
it had the potential to be really good, but they didn't do that thing that you really like. You know that thing you always talk about, Matt. It's it's a it's a um it's a what is story? It? Oh oh yeah, story. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it sure did have a budget, though, man. Uh, they they spent a lot of. I mean, the special effects in this movie were really good. Just didn't. I don't know. Story story was an issue to me. Yeah, what they say, one hundred twenty five million. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look at the the numbers, but uh, yeah, you could tell. I mean, it overall it was it was like well done. Just had no story. I wonder if they don't have to release how much they spent now because it was a straight to streaming now. I saw it somewhere. Where did I? Uh, I saw it somewhere. I don't know, man. That the yeah, it was probably estimated somewhere. I mean, yeah, they they always do. The estimate was around one hundred twenty five million. It it was it was something like that. I, which uh, that's a whole lot of freaking change for a money money for a movie in the first place. Let alone a movie that went straight direct to digital. But I mean, you know, Bay Bang I think cost more than that. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, planned to go straight to to digital. This was a uh, 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 casualty of COVID nineteen. Well, that's what they say. I think they got lucky by dumping it on Disney Plus. I think. I mean, honestly, dude, my first impression is this movie was was bad. It was real bad. Like the Josh. Okay, well, I won't go there. I'll just say this: the narrator throughout the film, like that's such a cheap cop out that you have someone explaining everything that you're seeing. Why? That's just, no, show me, show me, you know, the, the story. I mean, there's potential. There's a lot of potential here. This really could have been something fun and interesting and really cool. Uh, I think they tried to do too much in one movie. I think this is a Harry Potter ripoff that really did have potential but they crammed it all into one movie. If they would have spread it out, developed it, had a story, developed the characters, tell us why these characters matter, why Artemis Fowl is the way he is, why Colin Farrell's, you know, all that stuff. Why is this world exist? All that stuff. I could see it being, I, I don't know about great, but definitely better than what the hell we were given. Yeah. Uh, my biggest complaint is I didn't care about the two main characters, like, I didn't care about the main character, which is uh, the Artemis Fowl Jr., and I didn't care about Artemis Fowl Sr. It was like, it was, because um, there was no nothing, you know, it was just, it just kind of started. Well, here's the other question. Who was the main character? Like, sure, Artemis Fowl Jr. is a main character, but he doesn't have that much more screen time than just about anybody else. Was Josh Gad a main character? Was he a little uh, um, hardcore fairy? police fairy chick that's trying to cut her teeth and work her way up a main character? Was Judy Dench a main character? I mean, like, there's no, like, hardcore main character. I mean, yes, obviously it was Artemis Fowl because that's the name of the film. But Colin Farrell, I mean, honestly, if Colin Farrell spent more than two days shooting his role for this film, I would be shocked. Yeah, um I I only appreciated the um in this movie I guess the highlight really is the um the, the filming locations. I really liked uh seeing just Ireland and stuff. Uh I thought that was cool. 
Yeah, I figured you'd probably have a little bit of a sentimental connection, I guess is how you'd put it, or a family kind of tie to this more because, you know, that is your country of origin. You have been there. You do like going there. Talk about it all the time. You named your, your firstborn a very Irish name. I I I did. Uh yeah, Ireland is uh it's um it's a near and dear place. I enjoy uh, enjoyed going there. I hope to go back soon. Uh and then when I was there, it was also uh freak weather and it was sunny the entire time, which is unheard of. Well, and you know, Colin Farrell, I mean, that is one thing. Colin Farrell got to use his natural accent. Yeah. Yeah, for like the 10 minutes he's in the movie yeah and boy is it thick (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so man i was i was hoping this was going to be kind of like a a goonies or a national treasure kind of like and it had kind of potential for some of that like this adventure you know kind of goonies with like kids um, maybe even kind of like Spy Kids. Spy Kids wasn't terrible. Um, it was done by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, he he wanted to make a movie by his ki- for his kids. Um, it, it, you know, like something that's like an adventure with kids, like preteens or whatever tweens. I I don't know. Um, and it just was not the best. Dude, it's not even mediocre at best. I mean, I don't know. I, I like some of the stuff. Like, I I thought it, it was okay in some places. It, it just, nothing was worth writing home about, I guess. Nothing, nothing, nothing really stood out. I mean, some of the special effects stuff I, I enjoyed. Um, I thought they did good. I like some of the shots that they had for some of the open scenery of Ireland and stuff. I mean, that was cool, but the world building was really good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that actually wasn't too bad, but like the whole there was like zero character development for like any character. Dude, you know what I just realized it's a lot like? No. Don't say it. I think I know which one you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Mortal Engines. Yeah, dude. That's what I was thinking. It's a lot like Mortal Engines. It's a really cool world that has tons of potential, tons of interesting characters that are not developed, that are left by the sideline, that are just done a disservice for, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, and it's hard to know what exactly happened with this movie was there a lot more to this movie that got cut on on the 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 floor was there budget problems was there like who knows um apparently it's based off some some books that are like beloved so it's like i don't know what happened here yeah it's kind of like i mean not to keep saying harry potter ripoff but it's kind of like that it's based on a series of books for kids um my buddy Steve, uh, uh, you know, Real Film Nerds podcast, uh, super fan, uh, Steven Stockmar. Uh, there's your shout out. Uh, go Pack Go. His daughter was here the other day. She got trapped trying to get home to Phoenix. And uh, she had read 
the Artemis Fowl line of books and really enjoyed them and was really looking forward to this film. I, I would be interested in hearing her take on it after watching it, if she enjoyed it or not, because she knows the story and she knows all the things that are about this film. I know nothing. I went in next to Raw. You know, I watched the trailer and that was about it. But I, I, I to get to your point, Clearly, there was stuff left out or cut out or cut for time or whatever, because there are lots of scenes and characters. I counted four or five in the trailer that were not in the movie, period. Like there's like some lady like dressed up in like a white gown ghost looking thing. Not in the movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, something happened. Uh, who Who knows exactly what happened? Maybe they're trying to uh edit it for time um you know who, who knows there's a lot of pressure on filmmakers to not make movies too long uh from the theaters because uh and the studios because if it runs a long time you can't show as many showings and then you won't get as much revenue because a lot of the revenue is in the first i would say 4 weeks you know, actually, it's probably the first two to three weeks that it's released. So if you can stack show times up, you know, if it's 90 minutes or two hours, you know, you can get a lot of show times in. But if it's longer than that, then you have to cut like a show time at most theaters or whatever. So that could be a whole, you know, yeah, I don't know, depends on the size of the theater, but that could be a lot of money. So something must have happened in the editing, you know something yeah maybe when um maybe they screen this movie and they got feedback and they're like "Uh oh it's not it's not it's not well received okay go change everything maybe that that maybe you know to your point they it was too long maybe it was like two hours but my opinion i think two hours and below is like the perfect time for a movie when you start getting the two hours and 20 minutes two hours and 30 minutes it starts getting even if it's a really good movie you know, it starts getting a little tiresome being trapped in the, you know, the depends on the theater, but sometimes the shitty little seat. Now, you know, it's going the other way. They got to get people in there somehow. So you're getting nicer seats. But I, I think when you start getting too much more over two hours for a movie, it better be a damn good movie, you know? Yeah. And then also, you know, the bathroom stuff, like, uh, they want you, they give you a, you know, a, uh, 128 ounce, gallon of soda and they're like all right drink all this in the movie and don't go to the bathroom <laughs> right and you're like <laughs> you're like right no problem so so um uh, or you know a lot of theaters are serving alcohol now and most alcohol is a diuretic so you're just gonna go by having uh you know a beer or whatever um so yes so uh with that matt what are you drinking? There you go, Mike. I wasn't sure if you're going to get the segue or not. You're the best, Mike. So I am <laughs> I know. drinking the last of my girlfriend's beers that she bought the other day. She doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. Um, it is the <laughs> Santan Brewing Company's Hefeweizen Arizona Wheat Beer. 
And the Santan Brewing Company is out of Chandler, Arizona. Now, I'm not a big Hefeweizen fan at all. I think they're a little too light for me. But on a hot summer day, I'll drink a good Hefe here and there, you know. Thanks. I like them when it's warm as well. Yeah, they're just they're just a little bit lighter. They're a little, you know, more chill. They're not as heavy. You could probably down more. I don't know. It's more like a thirst quencher than it is a, uh, uh, you know drinking beer i guess that doesn't make sense yeah though, yeah but. it's uh it's more of a um let's say session beer or a um a lawnmower beer yeah uh, right yeah like you know you're kicking it on the porch or you're like going out to like fish or something it's a good fishing kind of beer something like that e- yeah, yeah fishing beer yeah all right mike so uh what what do you have in your hand i notice it's a bottle <sighs> yeah so um I, I think I had this last week too, but um, you know, it was just it was buy one get one, so I got a bunch of them. Um, this is the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Matt. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a it's a great beer, and uh, when it's buy one get one, man, it's hard it's hard to resist. Tell me about it. I mean, I still have beers in my fridge from beer sales recently, so uh, I've done you know three weeks in a row of Miller High Life. Yeah, no, I hate. You know, that was actually for the podcast, though, Matt. You were contributing because High Life is featured heavily. Well, it's featured in, in all of the Back to the Futures. Well, not the... Is it in the is it in the third one? I don't think it's in the third one. It's in the it's first two. It's not in the Old West part of the third one. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's in the first two for sure. I'd have to watch the third one again real, real keenly to look, at, look for the High Life. Well, the champagne. it would be in the beginning or the end. Maybe uh maybe Flea has one in his hand while he's driving. Maybe. <laughs> I just, maybe it was the it was it was it was it was nineteen ninety, you know, almost still the eighties. You don't know what's going on yet. Hey, in the movies it was supposed to be nineteen eighty five. That's true. Oh yeah. So then it's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Uh, uh, you know, you you can do whatever you want in the eighties. I mean, there's nothing better than a good old fashioned driving beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt, uh, with that... Um, you want my question, because you love my question. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Dude, go for it. Okay. All right, Mike, so how does this foul movie, not about a foul, named Artemis Fowl, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, thanks for asking. I didn't have to look too hard on this one. Uh, That's what the she director. said. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Kenneth uh, Bronag uh, was uh, the director of this movie, and he was also um, a Asgardian distress call in uh, Avengers Affinity War. Nice. Yeah, he was a voice, in, in, but I, I, I'd say it still counts. I, I'm not 100% sure you're saying his name right, Mike, but I, I don't know if I would know how to say it right either. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure I'm not. He's actually a really well-known and respected director who has done several movies, so he did clearly just like a quick little cameo. Uh, yep. Yep. So uh, I just wanted to... Uh, I, I, I was like, oh, sweet. No, that was easy because, you know, you always check... Um, 
Yeah, he's he's done, you know, uh he did uh 1996 Hamlet, um but he was in like um recently he was in Dunkirk. So, I mean, he he's he's done a lot of stuff. Um oh, he's actually in Tenet. So, uh Christopher Nolan must be they must be buds. Um he did uh Murder on the Orient, Orient Express the um reboot, I guess you would say. Oh yeah. Well, there's so many people who've done it. I feel like it's almost like a uh I don't know, like a journeyman thing that you're like, "Hey, I want to do my version of the Murder on the Orient Express." Uh no, he's done all kinds of stuff. Um he was in um you know, Valkyrie. I mean, he is a uh well-known actor and director uh producer so yeah so he just knows lots of people nothing wrong with that yeah it's all about who we know anyway man the whole world clearly i don't know enough people or the right people i can't figure out which one it is i don't know i'm not sure man well when you figure it out will you let me know please because i'm tired of this yes yes you're the best mike i will all right, so that means we can now spoil Artemis Fowl. Uh, I don't know how much we really need to spoil. Um, you know, I was talking about the narrator earlier. It is specifically Josh Gad, who is a oversized dwarf that eats dirt and shits it out. And he talks like a really bad impersonation of like, I don't know, uh, Sean Connery. Um, I don't know, man. It, really grappling. That, that whole that whole thing was like so that is one of the many storylines where we got nothing. Like there's a big dwarf or whatever, and you're like, that just seems like there should be a little bit more explained about that. And then there's like a little bit about he's uh uh um repeat offender of stuff. But he's a big enough character to be in the whole movie and in the end when they all like pick him up and he gets rescued and they're all like, okay, well whatever you want to do Artemis or whatever. And like, he's one of the gang now. And it's like, but I don't even know if we know his damn name. They said his name, uh, when they first started the interview where he's narrating basically the whole movie. But, um, I forget what his name was. It, it, it doesn't matter. It was weird, man. That was weird. The, uh, I was I didn't even know Colin Farrell was in this, and you know he, he, you pretty much don't know he's in it. Like I think Judy Dench had a bigger role than him. Oh yeah, she definitely did. Yeah, if you get up, so if you get up and go to the bathroom, you'll miss Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know, man. Like it overall, though, it was okay. Um, I was trying to think about this, watching this from like a young perspective and if i would like it when i was a little kid or not little but like uh 12-ish uh the 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 age of the character and i thought i might but it's very lacking in a lot of things so it was hard for me to know you know like if if i were to watch this it's like i almost want to like find a 12 year old somewhere and just be like what do you think of this movie and see if they said like, it's okay. Or no, it's not very good. It wasn't very whatever. 
much like I want to find someone that's read the books and see if they get more out of it than I do. Yeah. Like, are they going to be like, oh, I know where that character comes from. It's like, well, that's great because we don't. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, they would know why the giant dwarf guy is so important and why the butler whose last name is Butler, but don't call him Butler is really important and badass and all that stuff and how he came to be that way. Like they show you like he's a badass, like flat out, no questions asked. We get that. But why is he working for Artemis Fowl if he's such a badass? Why are his eyes so blue? It's awesome, but geez, those suckers were piercing. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, there's just lots of little things. I mean, I guess not little, uh, just big, you got to really uh, say the I believe on this one. Like, I believe everything you showed me. Man, it's getting weirder and weirder. I just, I don't know, dude. I just, I can't recommend it. I mean, I, I, I can't say I was looking forward to seeing this movie, but I didn't think it was going to be like this awful. I mean, it, it was really bad. I thought it was going to be at least entertaining and fun, and it really wasn't. I thought it would be. I thought it would be. I, I, I really thought it was going to be down that kind of national treasure, kind of fun, a little bit silly. Um, but for a younger target audience, and uh, no, not at all, man. Like, that, that the, the national treasure movie, the first one is really good. The second one's like, meh. But uh, the first one was so surprisingly well done. I was like, this is, this is fun. This is like a kind of a Indiana Jonesy kind of adventure movie. This is good. Yeah, no, that was a good film. And you know, there's rumors that maybe not rumors. I think they might be like facts now, but, uh, that they're going to do a national treasure TV show. Yeah. And they might have a national treasure movie. Uh, actually Disney plus is going to do it. Disney made national treasure. Both of them. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if they're going to get John Turtletop, uh, which is the guy who directed the uh, first one. I don't know if he did the second one. Um, he's done some decent movies. He's also had some that kind of failed. So who knows? Well, that'll be fun. Uh, well, hopefully it'll be fun. Yeah. No, that, that that was what I really liked. It's like the the, the second movie was okay. Um, but the first movie was so much fun. You know, like, Wow. That was great. Dude, I I enjoyed them thoroughly as well. All right, man. I guess uh should we talk? Well, sh- I guess let's do our ratings and then talk about what we're going to do next week. Yeah, we probably should do that. Uh you want uh you want to go first or you want me, Mike? Uh I'll go first. Um All right. Let's see. Let's see if we tie again or if we're completely different or if uh I'm meaner than you. I don't think I am though. Dude, you're never that mean. Dude, that's not true. Um, it's not true. All right. So, uh I give this one 2 reels out of 5. Damn it, Mike. I should just change my score just for that reason. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, it's dude. 2 out of 5. What, what is it, Matt? And I thought I was being generous giving it 2 out of 5. So, I'm giving it a two out of five, at least on on my side, is there was a lot of world building stuff and potential in this movie. And I I think if I was 12 years old, I might enjoy this movie. Not 100%, but like I wouldn't have been 
as disappointed as I am looking at it through my current eyes. So, okay, all right, all right. I I just I agree. A lot of the world building stuff was fun. The acting was god awful. But I don't want to slam the poor kid. It was his very first movie ever, and so. You know, everyone else was fine. I mean, there was nothing spectacular. Judy Dench, you know, she's always fine. And Colin Farrell, I mean, what little acting he did, but you know, the the main character was just he was really bad. I'm sorry, he was. And I know it's his first movie, so I'm not going to hold it against him, but it was bad. And I think he maybe part of the pressure of being the main character of a budding new franchise might have gotten to him as well on top of being his first time in a major blockbuster. But, you know, there, there's, there's shining moments in it. The special effects, like you were saying, were really good. The CGI is fun. The world inside the world is really cool. How they freeze time is really neat. That's a lot of fun. Uh, some of the characters, like as much as I think the giant, you know, dwarf is kind of a stupid character, I can see his potential being fun because he's always like the outcast because he's bigger than everyone else. But yeah, that's a benefit a lot of the times. So, I don't know. There's lots of potential here. That's why I gave it gave it two. Okay. Cool. All right, Mike. So, uh, um, when are you going to get out and go to the movie theaters? Um, that's a great question, Matt. Um, I am a uh, member of one of those movie clubs, and uh, the one that I am a member of is a uh, brand called Cinemark, and... They are working on a phased approach to opening, and I believe they're going to show classics. Uh, that's kind of in quotes because I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if that's like a, a Gone with the Wind or Pulp Fiction-like kind of things um, uh, at first. And then they're uh, like, I, I believe they're going to start opening... Uh, first in their their home turf of uh texas and then they're uh for one week and then they're gonna do the next week they're gonna do a third of the theaters the the biggest markets and then the the week after that they're gonna do uh another third and then the week after that they'll do the final third leading up to christopher nolan's uh tenant movie which was originally supposed to come out uh i think was it july 12th Oh, I don't have a calendar in front of you, but yeah, it was like that second weekend in July. Yeah, uh, second weekend in July. So it was like July uh, 10th uh, is the second Friday. Yeah, so it probably would have been like the 8th or 9th, something like that, you know. You know how they do that, the Wednesday or Thursday preview or whatever? Yeah, it probably would have been Thursday, but like the official release date i don't know but uh they they pushed it by two weeks so um or is that three weeks did you say it was the 31st the 31st I, yeah I, I, I believe it's when it's yeah, coming okay out. Yeah. so they pushed the movie uh warner brothers who's uh releasing it and uh so i'm sure cinemark will just show some more old movies um i don't know i'd like to go see uh, i don't know when mine would open um it might be towards that July opening, uh, but like I said earlier in the pod, um, morning movies, no one goes. Go watch a morning movie. Uh, I would just love to be in the theater again. Um, you know, all this extra money uh, from not doing 
driving or, or, or doing any of those things, you know, maybe, maybe I'd get like a popcorn and a soda and spend like $85, you know, burning a hole in your pocket. huh? I God, I wish I could say that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get a hot dog. Dude, dollar hot maybe dogs. I'll get the $65 hot dog. No, no, they're yeah. a dollar here. Oh, nice. Bad. Not at Harkins though. Picture show there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, dude. They're nice, small hot dude. dogs, but they're well worth a dollar. Yeah. That's why you get 10 of them, right? I get two. Okay. It's a good snack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that, that's cool. Um, Matt, what, what, what's your situation there? What do you, what are you thinking? And, and would you attend? Like, are you, are you willing to attend or are you, I don't know, you, you kind of go out a lot for work. I don't know what you would want to do. I do. I go out a lot for work, but I mostly go to houses where no one else is, hopefully most of the time. Um, I try not to go shopping too much because I am what you would say is in the bracket of COVID-19 if I got it where I would probably die. So I try to be smart about it because I have multiple autoimmune diseases Granted, they are not affecting me currently, but they are in my body and they are in remission and they are with me for the rest of my life. So that's a little scary, but I try not to think about it and I don't, you know, whatever. The thing that bothers me the most though is right now how I'm not sure if you've seen it over there, but Arizona is on fire. We have like the highest ratings of COVID like right now. Everything is just exploding here because we opened up 100%. And everybody here doesn't give two shits about it anymore. And they're doing whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. So that's a little scary that it's skyrocketing. But I would, I want to, I want to go to the theaters, man. I'll probably go late at night. Like I usually do when no one else is there here. If I went first thing in the morning here, it would be the opposite. It would be packed. Yes. I know. I, I've done I, it. I, I know. Uh, your situation is a little different uh, due to the area you live in has a higher population of older folks who, who uh, you know, by that time they've already had second lunch and are, are getting ready for the evening, uh, the the early bird dinner, dinner uh, you know, a- after the movie at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, they're they're just finishing up happy hour when they hit up the eleven or ten o'clock movie. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> nice. I mean, I would, I want to, you know, I want to go to the theaters. I miss, I miss having a big screen. I miss having that experience. The sixty-five inch TV I have though helps a lot with the, my surround sound. I do enjoy that quite a bit. It's nice, but I still, nothing replaces sitting in the theater, man. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I mean, when literally the only thing you can see is the screen, it's just, it's magical. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a more immersive experience. Uh, you can't, uh, get up and pause it. Um, you know, there, it, it's just, it's different. Uh, when you pay for it, I, I don't know. Like I enjoy, you know. Sometimes you can feel the sound, even if you have a really good sound system. Sometimes it's just good to feel that sound. Um, I wouldn't say mine's really good, but I have surround sound and it's adequate. It's no, probably not even at the level of yours because you know you got a Bose system. But uh, it's it's okay. It's decent. It's all right. I I like it. It does the job. But yeah, it's not like going in and sitting down in Adobe Atmos Theater or something like that because that's incredible. Yeah, my Bose is getting a little long in its tooth. Uh, there's like now there's Atmos um, sound bars for personal use at like at home, 
Uh, I don't know how well it works because I guess it depends on how low your ceiling is because it's trying to bounce the sounds off of it into your ear holes. But um, it, it uh, I know uh, Sonos just released one. Uh, Vizio uh, has a Atmos soundbar. Um, they are not cheap, but uh, that's interesting that they can. They're starting to do that. Um, but you know, of course, with that comes all these requirements like you've got to have a tv that can support um something called eARC or you know like there's a lot of little like spec uh specification stuff you know like well mike what if i told you i watched artemis fowl in dolby atmos dude i didn't know you had an atmos uh sound uh, a sound system when that happened i don't i wish i did no i watched it over at the girlfriend's house with her mother and father on his 85-inch 4K QLED TV, Dolby Atmos, the seats, the couches put exactly where it should be, the proper distance away from the TV and everything. It's about as immersive and as close you can get to a movie theater. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Like he he loves his Dolby Atmos, man. He loves it. And do you know the what product you can watch stuff on in Dolby Atmos? He he reminds me every single time. What uh, product? Like uh, like how how to what do device? It? What device you can use to feed your Dolby Atmos system? Oh, uh, like as far as like brands and stuff, I don't know, man. Uh, Apple TV. Apple TV is the only one that he knows of that does Dolby Atmos. Oh. So he has an Apple TV and we watch everything he can in Dolby Atmos on that TV. And that's not like the living room TV. That's his, it's not a theater room. It's his like, it's like a family room area. But that's set up for watching movies, and st- it's a thing of beauty. I mean, you would you would love it. Oh you man! So it. so so if he has the Atmos, does he also have a TV that supports like uh, the Dolby Vision HDR? Yep. Well, he has a. I don't know what brand it is, but it is a 4K OLED Q, not QLED, but OLED. OLED. Oh, okay, man. So he's probably yeah. got the he, one of those LGs that that has every spec on the earth. He has a very very nice setup. Yeah, he he's uh not hard up for money, I guess is how I want to put it. Okay. Well, um that's that's neat. So so Matt did it enhance even though this movie was not uh the best and and what what do you say hot garbage but yeah, yeah. uh um did it it was it was it neat to watch it in that like oh yeah but i've watched several things like when i first started going over there that was like the first thing he did was sat me down and was like he put on uh, <laughs> you'll <laughs> nice. love this he put on um 4k uh hdr uh blu-ray of terminator 2 Oh, that's a great put on one scene. He loves to do this. He'll put on scenes that are just like out of this world kind of stuff. Like, you know, because he used to be in the industry, in the movie industry. So he knows. So he puts on Terminator 2. Guess what scene? You know. Um, 
I'm trying to think of a really cool action scene in ter- uh, in, in Terminator 2. Like it's the chase scene, the motorcycle chase scene with the semi truck and everything. Ah, okay, yep. He puts that on, and we watch the whole thing: Dolby Atmos, 4K HDR. Yeah, that was my first experience to his setup. It was awesome. Nice. So does he does he buy the um the 4K uh Blu-ray stuff? That's like you know like uh, there's a handful like it's very limited on what you can get in that right now um, no it's it's expanding a lot there's a lot of 4k stuff i actually have a couple because it was two dollars more to get the 4k blu-ray than it was to get the regular blu-ray i'm like i'll probably get a 4k eventually oh nice but yeah no he gets and i, I another thing i like um he is a big believer in physical media for the same reasons why I'm a big believer in physical media because companies, as we've seen, lose licensing. Uh, even if you bought it, they still lose licensing and then you might not have that product anymore. If you truly want to own it forever, you need the physical media. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, very true. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's very cool. So anyway, state, uh, my my girlfriend Stacy is not a super fan above me liking movies and liking things that her father likes a lot, but uh, it gets me in on his good side, so that's cool. I think it's cool. That's so. cool, man. All right, so I want I forgot to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up when you're talking about movies, but Mike, do you want to hear the giant list of movies that have been pushed back thanks to COVID nineteen? Not really, but why don't you go for it? There's a bunch. It's sad. It's sad because even stuff that's not coming out or even close to coming out, like normally, still was pushed back like a year, like some of it. Yeah, I think the whole Marvel timeline got pushed by a year. Oh, everything. Everything. So, all right, I'll, I'll start. I'll try and be quick. But there's a, a Quiet Place, Antebellum, Antlers, Artemis Fowl, obviously, The Artist's Wife, uh, The Batman. The Batman isn't even slated until coming out until next summer. They pushed it back. Wow. Uh, Black Widow, obviously we knew about that. But Black Widow, they're hoping to come out this year. Uh, Blue Story, I don't know what that is. Bull, Candyman is pushed back to September. It was supposed to come out in the summer. The Jordan Peele movie. Right, yeah. Charm, City Kings, I don't know what that is. The Climb, Deerskin, Doctor Strange was pushed back in a whole year. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Escape Room 2, The Eternals, another one. Pushed back an entire year. Uh, F9 fatherhood first cow i don't know what that is the flash free guy the french french dispatch i don't know what a lot of these are the forever purge i didn't know we were having another purge movie it was supposed to come out next month and it is pushed back to who knows oh yeah Uh, they always release around uh, or they used to always release on the fourth of july which is kind of ironic because the 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 content of the movies right uh this next one really bothers me uh ghostbusters afterlife i was looking forward to that it was going to come out same weekend as Forever Purge, and it's not coming out until March of 2021. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, Greyhound, In the Heights, Irresistible, Jungle Cruise, King Rick- Richards, Last Night in Soho, The Lovebirds, which, uh, Mike, what what are we going to be reviewing next week? Uh, so, Matt, uh, yeah, we are going to be reviewing uh, this movie called Lovebirds, uh, starring uh, Camille Najiami. There's no M. It's an N. Ah, not Nagiani. Dang there it. There you go. 
and uh you know it was originally going to be released to the theaters uh i think this month or last month and april 3rd. Uh, okay april 3rd it was and originally supposed to come out april 3rd then it was slated to debut on netflix may 22nd yeah and so it's on netflix now and uh you know we were thinking it'd be good to watch kind of a comedy something um different so that's our next movie um matt is there anything more you want to no there's a whole bunch more of these movies man and it's just like going down the line it just makes me so sad even uh like wonder woman uh the the, 1984 yeah the old uh untitled uh spider-man into the spider-verse sequel was pushed back you know seven months uh venom is pushed back a full year uh thor love and thunder i'm just going over quick ones but top gun i really was looking forward to that that looks freaking amazing dude i can't believe they let them shoot in in freaking the the actual jets that's awesome dude Um, serious um here here's one that'll be near and dear to your heart the matrix 4 has been been pushed back an entire year it's not even supposed to come out until may of 2021 it's now coming out april of 2022 well, when is uh, John Wick 4 coming? Because they were supposed to come out at the same time. Oh, interesting. You know what? It's not even on here. Unless I skipped over. No, I don't see it. It's not even on here. That's not a good sign if it's not on here. That means it's pushed back to even farther, probably. And uh, and Bill and Ted uh, Forever or something? What is that one called? Faces the, the Music. Faces the Music, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I wonder if that'll end up like straight to streaming on something. Because it's a comedy and it's, you know, this generation really doesn't know who the hell Bill and Ted is, you know? We do. But they, yeah, but they they could be reintroduced. This could be this could be a shining moment to bring, bring Bill and Ted back. Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions. I'm all about that. I, I liked Bill and Ted. That shit was fun. Still, Keanu Reeves' best role. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, Mike, th- needless to say, the point of reading off that list is that the movie industry is hurting bad. Probably nowhere near as bad as the service industry, restaurants, hotels, things like that. But still, th- don't think about the rich millionaire actors. Think about everyone else. They're the ones that are hurting real bad and it clearly there is no re- no co- recovery in sight until at least a year or two from now so it's kind of yeah it no it's 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 going to be rough uh it's going to be rough going for anyone who's based in in service industries entertainment type things like um matt you know your your rage concert delayed by a year um it might even be longer, dude. Like, Seriously, who knows? No one, no one can figure out how the hell they're going to have concerts or baseball games or any of these large events where there's literally thousands and thousands of people. I mean, movie theaters are between what twenty five and maybe a hundred people tops in a theater. Um, I you know, uh, at some of the theaters I worked at, there was three fifty seats, but um, that was before they upgraded things to the the recliners. So there's probably like, you know, big big theaters now. If they're all reclining and they're, it's like the big house. It's probably only like 
175 seats, maybe 200. That would be like max, max. Like that'd be a giant theater because you know those reclining, like all the uh, mechanical stuff and electrical hookups, just make it a lot like bulkier. Well, yeah, that and the size of the the chairs leaning back too. Yeah, uh huh. So it, it cuts back a lot. So I don't know, but like you know, the biggest the biggest theaters I think I've ever been in is like 500 seats. Um, so. Well, my point was that we can't, they can't figure out how to do movie theaters yet. How are they going to figure out how to do literally thousands of people in a venue? I mean, are, do they cut it in half and add two more shows? Is that fair to the artist? Or I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, Mike. So I'll just leave I don't it at know, that. Man. I know, man. I, I don't know either, man. It's uh, it's quite, <sighs> quite the question. Um, the only... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this is this is very morbid, Matt. But the only benefit out of this might be that Ticketmaster goes out of business, and I would be just loving that. Maybe maybe another business would come in, or Amazon would come in, or maybe the venues would actually have to figure out how to sell tickets on their own, which would be fine. I don't think that's morbid. I think that's wonderful. Uh, the Marquee Theater, typically not all their shows, but the majority of their shows at the Marquee Theater, they sell their own tickets. Yeah, I mean, there's there's even, I mean, if you wanted to use like a different platform, but something that's kind of like cut and paste and ready to go, it would be like um, Eventbrite. They could just set up, they could just set up like uh, an event on Eventbrite and, and then they can, I think you can set the rates and all kinds of stuff. Um, of course, Eventbrite takes a piece, but it's, I think it's very minimal compared to, uh, you know, 25% or 30% that Ticketmaster marks up. That would seriously be the greatest thing if Ticketmaster went under because they are just awful. Absolutely awful. I hate them so much. I hate Ticketmaster so much. Oh, anyways. All right. All right. I'll stop, Mike. We need to let our listeners go so that we can go watch uh, Lovebirds, which hopefully is better than uh, Artemis Fowl. What's this whole thing about us and birds all of a sudden? I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's or a maybe good question, man. That's a maybe good it's question. just the theaters. I mean, I like I like my fair share of chicken. It's not my favorite meat, but I I do enjoy it. Yeah, dude, and everything tastes like it, so it's good. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, all right, Mike. Go ahead, do your thing. Tell them about the socials. Tell them to listen to my interview with Lisa Live and Local after the podcast. Uh, tell them where to find us on Facebook and <laughs> Facebook groups and twitters and not snaps and whatever else and then uh say uh thanks everybody for listening and have a good night or day or whatever <laughs> all right well so matt covered everything uh but um like uh like you said um thanks everybody for listening and uh go watch as many movies as you can Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Good morning, Magic 99.1. Who's this? Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> Matt Hinshaw from The Real Film Nerds podcast. Always listening, huh? Always. Uh, well, at least after 8 o'clock anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try. That's fair. That's fair. I'll take it. How you doing, Matt? 
I'm doing well. How are you this morning? Lisa? I'm doing good, surprisingly well for a Monday morning, actually. Are Mondays like worse than usual because too many people call in or not enough people call in? Oh, no, it's all about, um, you know, having too much fun on the weekend and then being tired on a Monday. That's all it is. Oh, okay. All right. So (laughs) we won't say you have a problem. It's just, you know, a regular weekend, right? A regular Monday morning for Lisa. Yeah, that is it. So did you see something good? I'm not going to say in the theater, but did you see something good on Netflix this weekend? I don't want to say it was good. No. Okay. But I I did see something new, and it was on Disney Plus, and it was supposed to come out in the movie theaters. Okay. And what was it? It is Artemis Fowl. Oh, Artemis Fowl. Yes. And you didn't like it, huh? No. But I also did not read the books, so I didn't know too much going in on it. Right. But it was uh, kind of a cheap uh, Harry Potter ripoff that really could have been a lot better. Okay. There's, there's not enough character development. The CGI looks dated. Um, the acting is just really bad. And the two biggest names in it, Judy Dench and Colin Farrell, kind of take a back seat through the majority of the film. Well, that's it's, surprising. Uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a great great movie. Uh, I, there's a lot of potential though. That's what's sad is the world that clearly the books are based on is very interesting, very cool, a very unique take on fairies and uh, what's in the middle of the earth and things like that. But yeah. it was just uh, they could have done a whole lot better in my book for the film. Oh, that's so maybe, disappointing. Even though they're kids' books, maybe I'll have to sit down and read them because this world is very interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? Rotten Tomatoes gave it 10%. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, IMDb, 4 out of 10, and Metacritic, 31%. So you're right there with them all. So the question is, what's my rating then? Yeah, you tell me. How many reels are you going to give it out of five? I give it two. Because they're probably too nice. Yeah, too. Wow. Well, you know, the audience rating summary on what is this that I'm looking at right now? I guess it's Google. Uh, It gave it a 2.1. So you're right there. Everybody's agreeing right there with you. Yeah, well, I try. I That's one thing my co-host and I, unless it's like a movie we've seen before many times over, we really try to stay away from the reviews and things until after we watch it. Now the trailers, we will watch the trailers. And yeah. Things, and did the trailer entice you? Opinions. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't an incredible trailer, but it was, you know, I was like, Oh, well, I remember this. This was supposed to come out in the theaters. Let's go ahead and watch this. I mean, why are they dumping it on Disney plus? Maybe they're trying to get their money back. Maybe it's really that bad. <laughs> uh, I think it's a case of both. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was going to say you got your answer to that one. Well, all right. So yeah. Artemis Fowl, quite disappointing. What are we looking forward to reviewing next week? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out with my co-host. Uh, Spike Lee just dropped a new movie on Netflix called uh, Five Bloods, which is about four African-American veterans returned to Vietnam decades after the war to find their squad leader's remains mm-hmm. and a stash of buried gold. Ooh, isn't that so a that Spike Lee film? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That. All right. Yeah, that I, that does sound interesting to me as well. I vote you check it out. One, the other one I'm possibly going back and forth on is The King of Staten Island that was just released by Judd Apatow on Friday. Yes. And it's uh, it was supposed to come out in the theaters also, but it's one of the straight-to-demand ones. It looks funny. I'm really not a big fan of Pete Davidson, but I am a big fan of Jud- Judd Apatow's movies. Right. So maybe we'll do that one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That one looks funny to me, too. Where can we watch that? Do you know? 
it's you have to get it on demand. So okay. any of the different uh, pay services, so yeah. like you can get it from uh, Amazon or uh, Apple or Google or okay. YouTube. Well, you know, one of, you one know of the me. ones where you pay you, to rent. You know me. I'm going to wait till it comes out on Amazon Prime, Hulu, or Netflix because I'm already paying for those three. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing because that's one of the problems I'm having renting it. Yeah. Of, Forking over twenty dollars for one movie to watch it exactly, once, you know exactly. That's it's how a lot I'm for me. Well, whatever you decide, I'll look forward to chatting with you next Monday, Matt. Sounds like a plan, Lisa. All right, you guys, check out his podcast. It's called The Real Film Nerds, and uh, have a great week, Maddie. You too, Lisa. Thank Stay you. Out of trouble. Okay, bye bye. Bye.